Welcome to the teaching ministry of The Cause Church. We pray you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. The most important three days in all of history occurred about 2,000 years ago, a weekend that we now refer to as Easter weekend. And as you just heard, it started on a Friday, very early in the morning. And from a human perspective, but not from God's perspective, from a human perspective, it would be described as an extremely, extremely bad day for Jesus. We just heard a little description of what Jesus endured. On this day, Jesus was bitterly betrayed by his closest friends. He was lied about repeatedly. He was beaten brutally. He was abused hatefully. It was a day of being screamed at, laughed at, cursed at, spit at, and mocked. It was a bad day of being rejected, of unimaginable loneliness, of loved ones leaving him, and of enemies violently, violently torturing him. You can probably think of some bad days that you've had in your life. (laughs) Maybe you're thinking, it was today, I just paid my taxes. (laughs) Maybe you can think of, I can think of, in particular, maybe the worst day of your life. But it's interesting that we don't call today Bad Friday, we call it Good Friday. Because from God's perspective, from heaven's perspective, it was good. In fact, the word good is, is I think, an understatement. It should be called something else. But I want to talk for just a few minutes. I want to answer the question, what's so good about Good Friday? What's so good about Good Friday? In other words, why do we call it Good Friday? Number one, it's Good Friday because Jesus demonstrated how much God loves me. He demonstrated it. Jesus himself said in John chapter 10, verse 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. John 15, 13, he said, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for his friends. Men and women, Always, always, always be reminded that the cross equals love. If you ever want to be reminded of how much God loves you, look at the cross. Think about the cross. That Jesus willingly, he, do you realize that? He willingly laid his life down for you. He said that. He said, I willingly Lay my life down. Jesus was not forced to get on the cross by those Roman soldiers. He willingly laid his life down. He stretched out his arms and his legs as they drove spikes through them, unimaginable pain. Basically, he was saying, I would rather die than live without you. (laughs) You remember the old song that if you grew up in church, it used to sing, Maybe my, one of my favorite songs. And now that I have another little one, I sing. And I don't sing well, but it's all I can do. 
Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. I have one key that I sing in. It's called C flat. <laughs> Maybe the most simple but profound truth you could ever embrace in your life, that he loves you. And listen, when you love somebody, you don't just say that you love them, you show that you love them. I love Jenny, so I buy her flowers. I've been buying Jenny flowers almost every month for over 17 years. And every time I hand her flowers, she says, why are you giving these to me? It's like, did you do something bad? No, it's because I love you. <laughs> I take her on dates. You ought to date your mate if you're married. I do a lot of laundry around the house. Come on, Roy's getting married in a few weeks. You know what you have to look forward to, buddy? Laundry. <laughs> when you love somebody, you show that you love them. Romans chapter five, verse eight. But God demonstrates his love for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Number two is this. It's Good Friday because Jesus broke the power of sin, death, and hell over my life. I'm gonna say it again. It's Good Friday because Jesus broke the power of sin, death, and hell over my life. Men and women, the power, the power of sin is broken so you can be completely forgiven. We just sang about it. You have been cleansed and washed white as snow. Second Corinthians, not in my notes, Second Corinthians 5 says that, that God made him who knew no sin to be sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. We exchange our sin and our brokenness for righteousness. If that, doesn't, if that doesn't make you thankful, you haven't had a revelation yet of what that means. <laughs> you haven't had a revelation yet of how sinful and jacked up you are. Welcome to the club. But we're thankful for Jesus. Isaiah 53 is incredible. I mean, we could, so many things you talk about in the cross, but we just don't have time. But Isaiah 53 is a prophecy written 700 years. 700. Hundred years before Jesus was born, about the suffering servant, the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one, the chosen one that God promised to send to bring salvation. And it describes in great detail the physical, the emotional, and the spiritual pain that Jesus would endure, the suffering that he would go through for you and I. And we're familiar with a few of the verses at the beginning. Let me read one verse that we don't read as often. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 10. It says, but it was the Lord's good plan. Listen to this. It was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. I mean, those two things seem like they ought not to go together. 
Why? And says, it goes on, yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. In other words, it was God's good plan so you and I could be forgiven and be his children. Goes on, it says, he will enjoy a long life. That's a reference to Jesus living forever and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. Say good plan. It was God's good plan. We just heard two unbelievable testimonies of Lauren. I I didn't even know that about Lauren. Lauren's on staff and I didn't even know that. (laughs) Seriously, I had no idea. I didn't know those things. And Chris, listen, I don't know where you're at tonight. I look around, you know, Good Friday typically brings out the saints and we wanna celebrate the victory of the cross, but maybe you're watching online tonight. Maybe you're here tonight. You think, man, you have no idea. Sometimes we can cover up stuff pretty good. We can hide our sin pretty good. And you think that you're too far from, from the Lord's reach. You're not. There's no pit he can't pull you out of. There's no sin that he can't forgive you of, that he can't heal you from. And listen, the power of death is broken. The power of death is broken so you can receive abundant and eternal life. Right now and forever. I love this verse, 2 Timothy 1, verse 10, and now he, referring to God, God has made all of this plain to us by the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who broke the power of death and showed us the way of everlasting life through trusting him. And the power of hell is broken so you can have the power and authority of the kingdom of heaven. The power of hell men and women, has been broken in your lives so that you can have the power and authority of the kingdom of heaven. 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. All three of these enemies that aim to steal, kill, and destroy from your life, they were absolutely demolished and completely defeated once and for all at the cross. If this was a UFC fight, it would be one second long. There would be one knockout punch thrown by Jesus, game over. Sin, death, hell, done and gone. Jesus said in John chapter 19, verse 30, he said, it is finished. And the Bible says he breathed his last and he yielded his spirit, even in death, It was his choice when he said, I'm done, I'm out of here. And he waited until it had all been done, all been done, paid in full. This means that all suffering, all pain, all hatred, all rejection, all depression, all oppression, all loneliness, all hopelessness, all grief, all guilt, all shame, all sickness, all sin, all death, it was all broken at the cross. The devil thought he was using it. He thought he had won. He had no idea. He had no idea. It was, he was being turned upside down on his head. The Bible says in Colossians 1 that Jesus used the cross and he made a public spectacle of hell, triumphed over them. It's Good Friday because Jesus paid it all. He suffered it all. He died for all and he won it all. And number three, it's Good Friday because Jesus brought me into a personal relationship with God. 
He brought you and I into a personal relationship with God. Matthew 27, verse 51. It's interesting. I didn't do a whole message on this sometime. If you just look at the, the, the supernatural things that happened immediately after G Jesus yielded up his life, it's phenomenal. I mean, literally, creation, creation, earth itself was literally shaken at what happened in the spiritual realm. In that moment, it's, it's beyond what we can comprehend, but the Bible says a couple of things. One of the things it says is this. It gives us, if you're not familiar, you're like, what does this mean? Matthew chapter 27, verse 51, 51, it says, after Jesus took his last breath on the cross, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. I think, what the heck does that mean? If, if, you're, if you're familiar with up to this point, there was a temple in Jerusalem, and there was a room called the Holy of Holies, and there was a temple that separated it from everything else. And only the priest, once a year, could go in there. It was where the very presence of God dwelt. And the Bible says that when Jesus said, it is finished, that veil, that curtain was ripped from top to bottom. In other words, it was God ripping that curtain. And now because of Jesus, because of his body, because of his blood, now all of us, for the rest of history, we could come directly into the presence of God. We could come, we could come directly to God himself. The Bible says in Hebrews, this is what Hebrews is about, it unpacks all this stuff. It says that we can come boldly to the throne of grace in our time of need. We don't have to go through anybody else anymore. Jesus did not die so you could join a religion. He died so you could have a relationship. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19, it says, and so dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. Wow. It's Good Friday, men and women. Because everything that Jesus accomplished for you and I, it was beyond good. It, it, is, it is beyond what we could even put to words, but we'll just call it, it's good. Good Friday. I wonder if you're here tonight and you're in relationship with the Lord. I'm not asking. Some of us, we know about what Jesus did on the cross. That doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything until you choose to open up your heart and receive what he did for you on the cross. It's not about information. It's about transformation. You need to receive in your heart by faith everything that Jesus did for you, who he is, what he did. And by the way, his resurrection as well validated everything that he did on Good Friday. But you have to receive that. We could go on and on, we could talk more, but I've told you pretty clearly and plainly. But you have to make a decision. Nobody can do that for you. You have to choose, say, Jesus, I want you to be my savior. Forgive me of all of my sin. 
and I want you to be my Lord. In other words, I want you to be my CEO of my life. I want to live my life for you and not for myself. I want to follow you. I want to know you. I want to receive abundant and eternal life. Best decision you could ever make. <laughs> Only the Lord can completely change your life. If anyone is in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he's a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. I want to give you that opportunity of salvation right now. Maybe you've never made that decision before. Maybe you've prayed a prayer, but you've walked away. You feel God's love in this place. You feel his presence. You hear him speaking to you and calling you home. And he loves you. He loves you. He loves you more, more than you can possibly ever know. He loves you. I want to give you that opportunity right now. The Bible says today's the day of salvation. Close your eyes for a moment if you would. Give the gift of privacy in here and if you've never made that decision before, but you're ready to do that, say, John, I want to be in relationship with God. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. Or maybe you're like Lauren. You, you walked away and you found yourself into mess. You want to come back to the Lord. You want to respond to his love and come back to him. Recommit your life to him. Repent is the, is the Bible word for that. Turn from your own path. Turn to God's path. I want to give you that opportunity right now. I won't embarrass you. In fact, I won't call you out, but I want you to respond. Jesus says that if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father in heaven. If you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father in heaven. So if, if you're here tonight, say, John, I want, I want to be in relationship with God. I want to respond to his love tonight. On the count of three, would you just lift your hand and hold it high until I see you, and then I'll lead us all in prayer. One, two, three. Hold your hand and hold it high until I see you tonight. Hold it up. Until I see you, there's people are pointing them out. Just wave at me. There's a little guy back there. There's another person right there. There's a hand over there. There's a hand over there. Praise God. Anybody else here tonight? It's hard for me to see with the light. So there's a, somebody in the back over there. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else here? There's about five or so people, I think. Praise God. Praise God. You can open up your eyes, everybody. Romans chapter 10, verse 9. If you confess with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so in our church, we lead everybody in a prayer of salvation and confession. I thought about this, I think last weekend, it kind of just struck me. When you get married, when I got married November 13, 2004, stood before the presence of many witnesses and before God, I just had to say two words, I do. <laughs> Change the rest of my life. Listen, you don't have to say much. It's just a decision saying, Jesus, I do. I need you. And so we pray a short prayer. But if you mean it, everything changes. Everything changes. So would you just repeat after me? There's about five people who raise their hand. Let's all pray this prayer. Let's pray it loud and strong together as a sign of support. Just repeat after me. Jesus Christ, thank you for loving me. I know that I'm a sinner. Forgive me of all my sin. Right now, I surrender my life to you. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Make me a new person. Change me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I want to follow you all the days of my life. And I declare that heaven is my home. In your name. Amen.
Amen. Come on, church. Can we celebrate that tonight? Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from The Cause Church. For more information about The Cause or for further resources, visit our website, thecause.cc or call 714-255-0930.